Hi, how's it going? Welcome in. This is the first ever Irish NFL show since the NFL draft in April. So welcome in. You're all very welcome to be here. I, for one, cannot believe the season's back. And I am joined by the usual crowd. First off, Colin Cronin. Welcome in, Colin. How are you? Uh, very well. Uh, really enjoyable first uh, Sunday of action. And obviously, uh, it, the Broncos starting with a win which uh, hasn't happened in a while. So yeah, it's a very good Monday. We've got a man itching to get on here, Brian O'Leary, Giants fan. Brian, how's the form? Good? Good, very good. Very enjoyable. Week one, plenty of shocks. Um, like we say, with week one, there is no form. So some of the unusual <laughs> results came up. And uh, I'm extremely tired because I did the graveyard shift last night and stayed up watching the Rams and Matthew Stafford's debut, which went as we expected with a comfortable Rams victory. Talking about jumping on the uh, late shift, uh, night shift bandwagon, we've got a bandwagoner and the newest Bucks fan in Ireland. We've got Mark <laughs> Cockerell from Germania. Mark, good evening. How are you? Evening, evening, Michael. Evening. Well, I mean, like, you know, I'm a Pats fan and they only lost by a point in a very close game. But more than that, in terms of bandwagon, I'm just sewing together my half Texans, half Saints jersey after the weekend. Uh, you know, that, that would be two bandwagons potentially to jump on for week one, if not for the rest of the season. Uh, we're here. We're here live for at least the next hour. We could be here to midnight. Let's just see how much we have to talk about. I don't know. I can see the look and terror in some of these boys' faces. I guess before we move on, boys, I think it would be important in case anybody's been sitting in a... I guess lying in the ditch for the last two days because maybe because of the football on Saturday. The scores from last night. Let's start off. The Bucks Thursday night beat the Cowboys 31-29. The Seahawks get the best of the Colts on Sunday. The Texans come out of nowhere and beat Trevor Lawrence on his NFL debut. The Philadelphia Eagles have an impressive performance over the Atlanta Falcons. The Chargers just about get the win in Washington. The Bills lose against the Steelers 23-16. The Lions just about lose against the 49ers. It looked for a second like they might get an incredible comeback, but it wasn't to be. The Bengals are victorious, and they were very good now against the, against the Minnesota Vikings. The Carolina Panthers get the win against the New York Jets in Zach Wilson's debut, and also Sam Darnold's debut for the Panthers. The Tennessee Titans, wow, that has to be the result of the day there. Incredible result, and we'll talk about it later on in the show. And finally, the last step, the last day of the games, the Chiefs just get over the line again against the Cleveland Browns, 33-29. Patriots don't win. Mac Jones look good though. The Giants, well, yep. Yeah. And the Saints win 38-3 against the Green Bay Packers. I mean, we all seen that coming. Uh, and finally, as Brian said, the graveyard shift, the Los Angeles Rams, 34 to 14 against the prodigal son in Justin Fields. And tonight, late night, is Monday Night Football. We've got the Raiders going up against the Ravens in Vegas. The first time ever that new stadium has a crowd. And lads, it's going to be a good night. Are we all staying up late for that game, yeah? No, not to see Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, welcome in, folks. You're more than welcome if you want to leave a comment on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on YouTube. We will try and get called out as soon as possible. And also... If you're on Twitter, just retweet tonight's show for a chance to win a jersey. We're literally going to give it away after this show. Uh, you can enter worldwide. Brian's paying for the postage, so it's all good. Right, boys, ready to go? Yeah, all good? All good? 
yeah absolutely yeah absolutely happy there's right well then let's start off the biggest in my opinion story of yesterday has to be the Saints defeating the Packers 38 to 3. None of us seen it coming, but Colm, what was your thoughts on that result yesterday for the Saints? We'll talk about the Packers after. Um, yeah, didn't didn't see didn't see it coming. Thought uh, the the Packers would win it, but I I was said it would be fascinating to see how Sean Payton did, how the Jameis reclamation project went, and to say that Sean Payton is a magician would be an understatement. Uh, if you haven't read um, Peter King's Football Morning in America piece as yet, definitely worthwhile, really interesting interviews with Payton and with Jameis talking about um, kind of working together, how excited Jameis was, uh, and just uh, some insights, I suppose, into the way in which Sean Payton goes about things. There was also an interesting tweet from Jim Trotter earlier on where he talked about um, if he was a Q uh, QB, uh, how could you not want to boot to play for Sean Payton? Uh, Breeze, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill or Jameis, he always schemes to the strengths of the QB. It's he's he's not a system guy. He finds what your strengths are and builds around it. So uh, a real, you know, delighted for Sean Payton, a guy who, you know, is clearly a very gifted coach. Um, but the Saints, you know, showed up, showed showed me up, happy to to put my hands up. Mea culpa, uh, got it wrong. Thought the Packers uh, would uh, have enough, uh, but it it uh, it was funny, you know, that. Um, that talk of uh, how the the Saints, why they chose where where they did choose, um, you know, and and we kind of said kind of said, nah, that can't be right, surely. Like, I mean, what difference does it make where you play? And we pointed to Tom Brady going up and the talk that how he he would have forgotten how to play in the cold. Well, it looked like the Packers would have rather be on the beach yesterday. Um, but fair play to to the Saints, to Sean Payton and to Jameis Winston. Um, just really, really impressive performance. Five touchdowns, um, no interceptions, and you know didn't didn't make the the sort of errors that we had seen previously. So, yeah, just absolutely outstanding. Brian, I've got a good video of Winston here, and he seems like the sort of boy that could look like a crack. To be honest with you. How did the defense in the running game give overall shape to the way this played out, Jameis? Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be Yeah, what it's did he like, say? I don't know. <laughs> very insightful stuff, isn't it? We, I guess we weren't prepared for that result because we all picked the Packers, and by and large, every NFL fan out there yesterday would have had the Packers in, in their – their bets anybody who went on the matchbook.com as we recommended and placed the bet on the Packers were showing up today they were my banker the weekend so but uh, one thing from I suppose from the Saints point of view to see um you know how open their game book their in terms of their playbook was yesterday and it kind of makes you think back to last year and how kind of restricted they were with Drew Brees because it was evident that Brees was declining and that, that kind of getting the ball down the field taking the top off a of defense, which we're so used to seeing over the years with the Saints in terms of the last few years when they've been really successful. That wasn't there last year. And yesterday we saw it coming around again and Winston was certainly able to get the ball down the field. And just a common point around the Packers, I mean, I know you're going to come to it in a minute, but they just didn't look prepared whatsoever for the game. They completely were off, off kilter. 
and there's already stories going around today around Rodgers and whether how interested he actually is in this season, which I think is a bit unfair. Bearing in mind, it's only one week into the season. We will have a wee chat about the Packers next. I have something to say about the Packers as well. Uh, Mark, uh, before we get to Mark, Wadi says, Packers look in real trouble. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But, Mark, there's a special video for you today uh, based upon... Jameis Winston generally is only the answer to a certain few select uh, pop culture questions. He is definitely not the answer to the long-term solution as the New Orleans Saints quarterback. For me, this is the Packers all the way, every day, whether it's in Jacksonville, Jordan, or, I don't know, Germania, wherever you like. There's no world in which the Saints are winning this game. Germania. <laughs> where where is Germania? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like what? I, I don't know. I don't know. I I must admit I knew that video was coming, Michael. I had to, especially after the way the game went um, yesterday. Look, you know, who that nation should be celebrating one hundred and ten percent. Like I mean, an amazing performance, and they should be rubbing it in our face, my face in particular, and everyone who bet against or banked against the Saints last week. Uh, yeah, last week yesterday. But, like, let's not pretend this was in the offing. Like, if you had said to every Saints fan in the world, say, which quarterback is going to throw for five touchdowns and which quarterback is going to throw for two inceptions, I guarantee you the percentages that would have got the answer right on what we actually saw yesterday would have been infinitesimal, like minuscule in their proportions. There was a moment in the games on Sunday where it was like we were watching something from a Salvador Dali painting. Like, I mean, it was like, you know, um, the persistence of memory, for example, the melting clocks. It was bizarre. I mean, bizarro land that was going on. Aaron Rodgers in himself was looking like the love child of White Goodman and Captain Jack Sparrow, which was in itself a bit strange. He was making throws he doesn't usually make. He looked like he was giving up on the game, in fairness. But all credit to the Saints, all credit to their defense, which gave Aaron Rodgers and the Packers more than they can handle. All credit to Sean Payton and the offensive genius that he is. We should be, you know, made to write out a hundred times, Sean Payton is an offensive genius and we will never, ever forget this ever again. Uh, James Winston only threw for 148 uh, yards, but he took care of the ball. He threw it for five touchdowns and the Saints thoroughly and utterly deserved it. Um, during the show on Saturday, when, when we were recording the Viva, uh, Michael, you were joking around which game come half 10, 11 o'clock in red zone, would be just flipping in every now and then. And I said, yeah, it'll be, it'll be this game. And I, I suppose I got that part right, but I just didn't think it would be with the Saints putting putting the numbers up on the Packers, which they did. Absolutely. And I personally God, couldn't believe that result yesterday, but fair play to the Saints, the abuse that all of us, not just Mark and Germania, got on Twitter last night. People were DMing me going, are you in the Saints now? And I was like, yeah, I am. Sure. James with five passing touchdowns for James Winston. And, uh, I know somebody uh, from around here that's had a little bit of coin on Jawan Johnson score a few touchdowns. So he done well. Fair, fair play to him. I'm just going to jump on in the next topic, boys, if you don't mind. Green Bay, what the hell's going on there? I know. All right, all right look, I know it's been one week. I know I sat here the last time, like the last weekend we were live saying Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Denver, right? Let's be quite clear here. Rodgers didn't turn up to the last minute. He sat in Hawaii with your doll Woodley the whole summer. Is he interested? Colm, is, is Rodgers in? Do you think it's too early to say it? It's, it's obviously too early to say that, but do you think that could even turn into a valid argument to signal? 
Um, well, the best response I saw to the Packers was from the beat writer from The Athletic, Matt Schneidman. And he said that um, Bishop Sycamore has requested to play the Packers next uh, weekend. And if, if you're <laughs> unfamiliar with Bishop Sycamore, uh, they're the uh, fake uh, school who fooled ES, ESPN and got absolutely blown out on national television, very similar to, to the Packers. Look, um, it, it's week one. It's where we all uh, always overreact. I mean, this time last year, the Jags had just beaten the, the Colts and we saw how their respective seasons turn, turned out. Um, I, I've no doubt that there will be a lot of soul searching in uh, Green Bay, certainly, and, and a lot of con interesting conversations. Definitely to be a, a fly on the wall would be would be interesting. Um, but when you look look at their look at their division um you know they, it's it's not like any anyone else in in the division did anything uh so really it was a, it was a, a, a gimme week if they were ever going to get blown out of the water this was the the week to do it is the nfc north brian becoming the nfc east I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far because I still think I still think the Vikings will, uh, will give them a challenge, but I don't necessarily mean think they'll win the division. I, you know, on the season preview show, I said division will be over by November, and I still stand by that. I, I wouldn't be getting too carried away with the manner. The manner of the results is, is very disappointing. I mean, if they went, if they lost in a, a high scoring game by a touchdown, to me, and I'll probably get criticised by Packers fans, but a certain part, a certain bit of complacency went into that game yesterday. The fact that I got moved out of the dome, they were going into playing. Nice weather. You probably felt that this Saints team wouldn't be as comprehensive as they were because a lot of people were very down on them, including myself. I said they'll they'll finish bottom of the division this year, and maybe that just they bought into that this game was a gimme for them, and it didn't turn out that way. And uh, look, they're playing the Lions next week, and I know the Lions came back against against the 49ers, but that doesn't really do a true reflection of that game. The 49ers are very dominant, and I imagine come Monday night football next week. We'll see the Packers, the Packers rebound significantly with a very comprehensive win. I literally just remember there now that the Packers are on Monday Night Football next week, so we'll get to talk about it even in, in more detail then. But Mark, just finally, man, obviously it's been a shocker of a result. This is a shocking result. You would have got serious money in this with any bookmakers, including our partners matchbooked for Green Bay to get defeated by this here. What were your thoughts watching that game last night? Because you were obviously watching that and you weren't watching the Patriots. Um, I was watching in the early window. Yes, Michael, that's right. Um, oh, look, um, okay, you got me. You got me. Yeah, I know. Um, my thoughts on it were very simple. It was a case of um, Green Bay's offensive line needs some serious work. We've talked a lot about um, uh, Lindsay going to the Chargers and free agency. Bakhtiari obviously isn't back fit yet, uh, so they're starting two rookies on that offensive line, and they just seemed overwhelmed. Are they going to play a defensive line and a front seven as good potentially as the Saints? And there were question marks over them, but they certainly showed up. Um, possibly not, but that was what was overwhelming the game. They couldn't get into timing, couldn't get into any sync. And equally, the defense wasn't there. It's week one of 17. Let's see how it goes. But for a 13 and three, for a team that's won 26 regular season games in the last two seasons, is expected to be a Super Bowl favorite, to be overwhelmed by that level. It is worth dwelling on for a moment. But we'll see in week two and three if they can pull it back, obviously. Oh, yeah, but it was even, it, it was genuinely just an incredible result last night. But I guess time will tell what that will happen to in, in the long run. Our next topic gentlemen is cleveland and kansas city last night uh, for a, for a while 
I don't know, I think that's like a library in Dublin, by the way. For a while, it looked as if Baker Mayfield may have had the last laugh, and I guess the Browns would have had revenge for last season, but it wasn't to be. Uh, Colin, you know, so close, but yet so far for Cleveland, who at one point, especially at the start of the fourth quarter, Kareem Hunt made the game look easy. Yeah, I think um, they, in a, in the space of just a couple of minutes, it flipped from 88% win probability for the uh, Browns to 80% win probability uh, for the, the Chiefs. Because, look, they, you know, they, they, I, I have bigged up the, the Browns. I had talked about Kevin Stefanski. I had, and I still think they're a very good team. But the concern is that, Good teams find a way to win and not so good teams find a way to lose. And and the Browns, you know, um, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Chiefs a bit, a bit more in, in a bit, but the, this was on the Browns. They had this and um, through uh, a, a mixture of just special teams and just not being able to, to finish it like that last interception from from Baker was uh, was a, a killer um, and and just not one you know I know there he's trying to trying to move it down but that's that's a big issue um, look they they'll get the opportunity to to regroup and they're not going to play many teams um, as good as the the Chiefs um, but it it is it is disappointing it is one that um, you know could be could be one of those sliding doors moments when we look back later in the season. Uh, it's certainly one where you know we're going to get to see the character of uh, the the Browns now because they would have been absolutely flying if they had one. Um, but now, now it's about resiliency. Now it's about we're on to next week. Brian, for me, the Browns' offense take away what happened at the end of that game. The Browns' offense looked far better to me than it did last year, and I think there's a lot of positives to take from that game, regardless of the result. No, I agree with you. They were really effective, and to be honest, they've thrown this game away. There's no two ways about it. You know, the Chiefs haven't played well. You know, we discussed on Saturday around how, you know, the Cowboys would have walked away from Tampa and thinking, God, that was when we let slip, and certainly even more so for this game because the, the game was there for them. Like, we're in the fourth quarter, and they've got a, an eight or ten point lead, and you saw the stat pop up that Mahomes only lost one game where he's been behind by plus ten points, and that was the Super Bowl. The rest, he continues to pull out a bag, but it just didn't look likely. They weren't, the offense was struggling. I know they put a point, but they're always going to put a point because it's the Chiefs. Offense is always, even on a bad day, it's a good day for other teams in the league, but the reality is for the Chiefs, there's so much that comes in, in terms of our expectations. But Collins touched on it there, the special teams, the punter, you know, drops the ball, it's just everything. That, everything that we've seen from the Browns throughout the years as to why they haven't can't make that next step Came to play, came to pass again in the last ten minutes of the game. I wouldn't be too uh, disappointed with Mayfield on that on that throw. He's trying to make a play. He's under pressure, but just for the Chiefs, they've got so many good players, and when they need players, they find them. And Chris Jones with that sack, big sack on Mayfield. He stepped up defensively, and then on the other side, like Mahomes, Mahomes throwing was the, the cornerback seemed to go away well for Tyreek Hill against Mahomes finding a way to get a play to put them down and put them in a position to win the game. So, yeah, Chiefs have won. I expect them to win. I thought it'd be tight. It was. But the Browns were impressive, and I think it's one that they come the end of the season. Because, again, we've got to bear in mind, these are AFC games, and if, if the Browns are to be in the running for fourth seed, second seed, straight away in week one, they've already handed the advantage over to the Chiefs. 
and Mark seeing guys like Tyron Matthew not play yesterday because they're not not back yet, but mm-hmm. the Chiefs still find a way to, to get over the line. Patrick Mahomes, I think I haven't got the exact stat, but he now has had the best start to an NFL career for a quarterback, uh, beating like guys like Dan Marino and stuff. Um, they got over the line yesterday, but I guess that's a hallmark of a championship caliber team where they can they can get over the line in games like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mahomes, he's overtaken some of Dan Marino's historic records for the best start to a career over the first to 50 wins and things like that. And mm. that he's very set. Um, that's what they do. Mr. September, Patrick Mahomes, still never lost a game in September, still never thrown an interception in September. It was almost like he got to the middle of the third quarter. And we talked about the two headed beast of Chubb and Hunt on the Browns. And it was like, well, we only have two weapons. We only really need two weapons. Let's just keep throwing the ball to Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. And lo and behold, look what happens. Tyreek Hill going over 200 all-purpose yards and generally doing chiefsy things. Do you know what it reminds me of? You remember, well, Michael won't remember it because he was like, you know, wasn't even born. Early 90s advert, you've been tangoed. It feels like it's almost like been chiefsed, you know, um, if we can make that a thing. But they just do that. You can never expect them not to come back from those big deficits. There's always flaws on defense. But my God, that offense can put up points whenever, however, and wherever you like. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see what happens with the Chiefs now over the next few weeks. As somebody that hates the Chiefs and wants the Chiefs to lose every game of the season, it, again, it was just heartbreaking because the Chiefs continually get my hopes up and, and let me down. But I guess it's even unfair of me, Mark, to say when the Chiefs I said, get over the line. Travis Kelsey looked great. Holmes looked good. Well, he looked good and he wasn't even great. So, look, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs, get it out of the bag. Get one win as well. And the Chargers very, very nearly, and we'll talk about it in a bit, very nearly went down a step. So, um, depends on tonight. But the, the Broncos and, and the Chiefs are both are both leading the AFC West. I just wanted to say that for at least one week this year. If that's okay, boys. Uh, okay. Michael, we sorry, are gonna yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Go for sorry it. quick point um david the, the chiefs next week are playing in in baltimore week two sunday night football so Dude. you know you could have a situation next week having played two teams within that that division that if they were to win that game there's a sense you already have the upper hand in terms of you know i know we're thinking too far ahead but beat the browns beat the raven potentially two teams that we challenging for number one seed oh, um man. you know within two weeks of the season starts to use plus if they get over get over the line next sunday night I think more importantly, boys, um, who's doing the graveyard shift next week for, for that game? Because I'm not doing that. We're actually in Dublin, lads, uh, this Sunday from, from 5.30 at the at the Wallshed Bar. So if anybody is watching this and is interested in coming and seeing some of us, at least in Dublin this Sunday, we are going to be there. Go on to Facebook, type in the Irish NFL show and just RSVP on the event. And we'll see you there from 5.30. We will adhere to all HSE COVID-19 restrictions. Okay. That was a lovely thing to hear, Brian. Thank you. That's great. The Chiefs have got the number one seed. Dear God, that, that's, that's not good. You know, talking about red zone and talking about games, boys, that game for the 49ers yesterday, I was stunned when Trey Lance came in so early. First quarter of his NFL career. And I was giving the Bears fans guff for potentially bringing in Justin Fields. You know, but look, it was impressive to see him, boys. But I guess, Colin... The 49ers nearly flew this game away. And I know it would have taken a lot for the Lions to get over the line and get even take the game to overtime. But, you know, it was touch and go for a bit. 
Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was all the hallmarks of a classic Kyle Shanahan um, game because they, um, you know, what got off to to a flyer. Trey Lance comes in, he becomes the the first QB to throw a, a touchdown with his first pass attempt since uh, Tebow. I think in week uh, week ten, by all the way back in twenty ten, uh, so more than a decade. Um, but the, the 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 Niners were were flying, um, and then uh, after get building up a, a big lead, they take the the foot off the the gas. And if you do that in this league, um, then teams come back at you. Uh, and now you, they, they, yes, they get the win, um, but they have a whole host of, of injuries. Um, that and and that's. Another that just seems to plague the the Niners. So they've lost a, a cornerback, they've lost a running back, probably lost their most ex- explosive um, running running back as well. So it's um, it's it's how they again how 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 they will respond to that. Um, do they bring Rich Sherman back in? Do they make a trade? What what do they do at, at cornerback? I think will will be interesting. Um, and but that you know for the first three quarters they they looked fantastic and uh jimmy g was throwing the ball he was he it was he was the antithesis to to goff because he was throwing it long goff remains the guy who uh he's a short thrower and um you know but we'll 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 come come to the the lines maybe later but i i think that still remains an issue for them but look they showed grit and determination and they were uh, very much the um, the epitome of a, of a Dan Campbell team or what we imagine the Dan Campbell team would be. What do you think of the 49ers' performance in the first half yesterday, Brian, and even in the in, in the third quarter? But then to almost fall apart or almost mess it up towards the end? I'm not going to read too much into it. They scored that touchdown and went 38-10 up with six minutes mm. to go into a quarter. And, okay, fine, look, the lines have come back and they've put like Goff... You looked at that game this morning, you hadn't seen how the game played out. You look at Goff's stats, three touchdowns, and 300 yards, you're thinking he's had an amazing game. It wasn't the case. The 49ers took the, took the foot off the gas. I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. The only thing concerning me now is these these injuries are already building up. And week two last year when they went to the Jets, they got an abundance of injuries, which derailed the season. And do we have a similar scenario again where two to three weeks' time they could be out of picture immediately because they just can't replace you know, impact players. I think the only people that are disappointed with this game in the end are the Lions fans and the betting public because matchbook.com this morning made us aware that the biggest bet of the weekend in terms of where the money was going was all on the 49ers to cover eight and a half points. So if you're one of those people in the third quarter, you're counting your money only to have no money this morning because the only one by eight points. But look, the 49ers were always going to win. It's a comfortable win. I'm not getting carried away by the comeback. They move on to week two and the Lions and struggle next week in Green Bay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Mark, uh, just, just before you jump in there, sorry, the just going on what Brian said, do you think we're maybe reading into this too early for the injury front? Almost the same like the, that we could read in too early based on the Packers as well. Yeah, I, I just want everyone to calm down and be a bit happier and more cheerful and more positive. Yeah, they've suffered injuries and Jason Verrett is out for the season, but they also signed Josh Norman last week. So they do have someone who can come in there, a cornerback, for example. And yes, Raheem Mostert has gone on to IR. They expect him to miss up to eight weeks with, I think it's chipped bones in his, his cartilage, which doesn't sound very nice at all. 
But Elijah Mitchell, the rookie, came in, ran for 104 yards, looked impressive in the lineup. So let's give them a chance. I mean, last season was unbelievable in terms of injuries. We're talking eight, nine career, you know, season-ending injuries. Um, you know, I'm going to just give them a little bit of positivity. They walked this very comfortably. They still look loaded and stacked in all the great positions, and they are navigating the uh, – quarterback controversy i mean isn't it hilarious as well we still talk so much during the offseason about the five quarterbacks and who would play and who would play they all played okay they didn't all start but trey lance saw the field justin field saw the field in the first drive for the bears and, and in fact i know we're going to talk about the bears michael but if you ever wanted to be a bears fan on that Are first we? drive <laughs> that first drive like great kickoff return um david montgomery runs for uh you know for 35 40 yards Justin Fields comes in and throws for nine yards, and it's like the first throw he does it. Fantastic. And then Andy Dalton, the first pass he lets out of his hand is an interception in the end zone. <laughs> One sequence to sum up the Bears for all time. It's like um, it's like when you're in the shop and your ma give you like a euro or a pound and you can buy one thing and you keep picking something up and you're putting it down and you keep picking something up and you, and you want to get something that's reduced, like Andy Dalton, and you're like, nah, do you know what? I'll buy something young and fresh and then, yeah. That's it. Uh, Yogi, 1968, Owen Farrell has said, Josh Norman, two thumbs up. And uh, Stevie B, MUFC, says 49ers at Eagles next week could be a fantastic game next week. And there you go. Also, Cal Meters, the 49ers will remain a rootable team until they win. Then they will be insufferable. Well, I was happy enough when the 49ers were minutes away from winning the Super Bowl, but we'll not come into that again. Uh, I have got a special message for Brian O'Leary. Uh, Boys, do you know what? Do you know what? I've actually got breaking news here, and I've been waiting to show this all day. Did you know Brian somehow got his way over to the States last night and tried to heckle a player? Yes, yes, indeedy. Uh, the Denver Broncos beat the Giants in MetLife Stadium. The Broncos were trapped in September. Yes, go on ahead, Brian. Sorry. You, I thought he was walking off to the Lombardi the way he was celebrating that win there. You know what? Let's just let's just see Shelby Harris again and have the crack. I don't know why. I, I don't know what he's saying. Like, what's the guy in the background saying? Them like, you guys suck or something, or what? What's the crack or what? I'm not sure. I'm just wondering why there's a Jets logo in the background. I thought he covered everything up when when one well, team was playing in MetLife. That's a good point because our friends from me and Colm over at Malhigh Report were at the game yesterday. Column. I don't know if you've seen it, but they went to the store after the game and they went through the wrong door, and all the Jets gear was sitting in like a bin, ready to go out after the game. Where where it belongs. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yes, uh, but that's a whole different. I mean, there's all there's probably yes fans watching this now, so I'm I'm going to get done anyway. The Broncos, uh, I guess, winning the game in September. Wow, Teddy Ridgewater looked efficient. Wow, the defense looked half decent. Wow, Jerry Judy hasn't broken his ankle. Wow, Colin, are we living in some sort of fantasy world? Have, have the Broncos got a serviceable quarterback, or should I continue to be depressed? Uh, and then we'll ask Brian about uh, Colin if Daniel Jones is ready for season um well look the, the broncos were were very efficient as you said i think for me the talking point probably um out of yesterday across the league was that um the up to this point there were 28 
um, go go for it on fourth down in the first three quarters of games. We know teams sometimes go for it, obviously, in the fourth quarter. But to have 28 uh, across the league, uh, it was the most uh, on record. Uh, it, it's interesting because look, these are the way these things go. The data tells us teams should go for it more frequently on fourth down. We saw that yesterday. We saw that with Vic Fangio yesterday. And for Broncos fans, um, when Teddy Bridgewater won the starting job, there were uh, during preseason, the Broncos had gone for it a number of times on fourth down, and fans said, "No way does that happen in the regular season." Well, it did. It happened big time. Uh, Vic Fangio went for it three times, and three times he uh, he was rewarded. That is a man who knows that his seat is very very hot. Um, but it, it look he he rolled the dice and, and it came up big. So um, yeah, hap, 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 I I am I'm very happy about it. On to on to next week. On the Jacksonville, Brian. I, I'm not going to bother wasting too much time in this game. But in terms of you, you are always looking towards Thursday. It's a, it's a massive game, as you can see at the bottom of the screen. We're we're back on Thursday night, so a big divisional game on Thursday night. Yeah, and I, I I stressed about how important it is to win on Thursday. Um, on the show and the event on Saturday, and if you if I came in the first two weeks and the Giants were one and one, I'd be happy. And more so if the result is is the, is the right one on Thursday night. Look, the game was caged in the first half. It was 10-7 at half time. I don't think at that stage any team was a clear cut winner. But uh, Colin stressed on it there. Ultimately, where the game was decided for me was the fact that the Giants just couldn't get off the field on tour, tour downs. Um, I felt they managed. You know the offense in terms of the, the Broncos, but those towards downs were killers. And obviously, you've touched on their three, four downs, and, and as they did, couldn't get them off the field, you continue with your drives. The defense got tired and emptied. Then the game went away from us. And if Jones, if if it's obvious if with Daniel Jones, unfortunately for for us Giants fans, but if he doesn't fumble in the red zone again, at at um, can't even recall the score at the time. It was seventy and seven. So potentially, if a touchdown went in mm. or even a field goal, it's a one-score game late in the third and who knows but again i just it's just every it's just every year he just doesn't understand feet four slide down mm-hmm. give up on the play you know you know and live for another day the, the key word there the key word there brian is if he doesn't turn over again like then yeah. the turnover machine strikes look for me one thing about this game which is gonna be really quick fourth and one 10-7 game Teddy Bridgewater nearly gets caught by the uh, uh, Giants' defense, gets it away to his tight end, who makes an amazing effort to not only get past the line, but also get the touchdown. That was the play of the game. We talk about key plays at key moments. That swung the momentum entirely. And Broncos should feel comfortable, and Giant fans should feel nervous about the fact that Broncos sustained drives of 10 plays, 16 plays, and 15 plays on some of those touchdowns. For any of you keeping score at home, Compared to last season with Drew Locke, that's exactly a difference of seven plays, 13 plays, and 12 plays from the normal drives that he would have in a game. Steady tally. The Broncos play the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see how Trevor Lawrence uh, pops back as well from yesterday. And we'll talk about that very soon, lads. Don't worry. Uh, the next game we're going to look at is Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. This, like, boys, what a start for the Eagles. Just 264 yards. You see it at the bottom. Three touchdowns. In a 32 to 6 victory, you know, as for me, who had money on Cal Pitts to score a touchdown yesterday, never looked like happening because that defense for the Eagles for a start stopped them. But going forward, Column, Jalen Hurts just looked really fresh. And this Eagles team, I, you know, you'd have to say they look very good at the minute in terms of, I guess, challenging for the NFC East, albeit after one week. 
Yeah, that's the danger of one uh, one week. But look, the the Falcons were awful, awful uh, y- yesterday. Um, but the Eagles had a game plan. They took advantage of it. Hertz was fantastic, and and fair play to him and Nick Sirianni. They just uh, kept going to the the right hand side of the the Falcons uh, or Hertz right right hand side. Um, Josh Norris had a piece on that on Twitter. Brian Baldinger did a great breakdown of Hertz. Um, but uh, Ruben Frank's tweet, uh, Jalen Hurts has three games with 250 passing yards and 60 rushing yards. Only six players in NFL history have more um, in their careers. And uh, Cam sits at the top with Russell Wilson with seven. Uh, Jalen Hurts has started five games. Uh, they, the Eagles are going to be very, very exciting. They will lose games, but they're going to be very exciting to watch. What do you think, Ron? I think this is more on the, for me. It's about the Falcons and again how disappointing they are. Like we touched on it on Saturday. I think we all picked the Falcons, but I don't think anyone's picked them with any conviction because you just you just don't have any faith in them. And a new head coach is in, and just for a new head coach to have a performance like that was you know, it's really disappointing to see. You would expect it, that they would have had a bigger improvement judging on their their performances last year. But they started off officially enough. They seem to be moving the ball on that Eagles defense. And then by the middle of the second quarter, it was gone away. And it didn't seem to have any fight about them. You know, the fact when the Eagles went ahead, they just just gave the, I'm not saying they gave the game away, but they just didn't seem to have anything in reserve to come back at them. And um, yeah, I'm not going to get carried away on the Eagles either because I think I think the Falcons are in a struggle this year and I think most teams will beat them. So we'll see how the Eagles get on when they play the 49ers next week. Yeah. Any final comments there, Mark? Or if not, yeah. fine. No, no, Michael. The beauty of week two is it's week two is when we find out whether it was you know is it me or is it mm. you? Was it the actual team or was it just who you had to play against this week? Look, for this week, all credit to Nick Sirianni and equally David Cully at the Texans, who were two very underrated coaches, very criticised coaches, who have pulled out great week, uh, wins in week one and seem to have their team organised in the same way. Jalen Hurts. Still only through two passes with more than 15-plus air yards. Um, can teams key in on him, and is he truly the long-term answer? I'll be honest, I still think there are plenty of questions to ask there. And the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, two great drives to start with, two field goals, and then 99 penalty yards, 124 rushing yards, 136 passing yards, I think. When your penalty yards are nearly the same as the amount that you rush and you pass for, that is never a good sign. But don't worry about it. You can fix it in week two when you go, oh, yeah, to the box. Yeah. Good luck with that. Did anybody see uh, – I was going to actually put it on here, but, but there's copyrighted music on it. Tom Brady done a video today for next week, uh, well, for last week for his win. And the time on – there was a thing in the back of his laptop, way in the back, 3.28 p.m. And it's just like, you know, this man is a monster and – that's all I'm going to say. An, an um, evil monster. An, an evil monster indeed. Talking about evil monsters, Brian O'Leary's sleeping pattern is an evil monster at the minute. I don't know how you done it last night, Brian, but I guess all the Bears fans in Ireland and the UK st- sat up to watch the, the start of what they hope is an amazing journey for Justin Fields, for his team, for Matt Nagy, uh, who has a big year ahead of him. Uh, and it didn't work last night, but it might work going forward. The Rams got the better of the Bears in the first game at SoFi Stadium with a full crowd for an NFL game. Colin, uh, did you manage to catch highlights this morning? The, the Rams look quite impressive. 
Yeah, I, I stayed up to watch the first quarter of it because I was interested to, to see and, and Jalen Ramsey was on fire during that. Um, they still probably have a little way to go in terms of overall defense dominance, uh, both given that they changed coordinators, that's to be understood. Uh, I thought Sam Monson made a really interesting point around the, the Bears in that they they probably wasted a really good uh, roster on Mitch Trubisky. And now the roster isn't there. They may have found a better, much better QB at Justin Fields, but the the roster just they you know I mean look they, they didn't replace Kyle Fuller, uh, and that showed they really struggled uh, in the the secondary, and they appear to be cursed at left tackle. Uh, huge, significant number of injuries during the the game. Uh, they had Elijah Wilkinson, who we saw with the Broncos. If Elijah Wilkinson is, is going to be your starting left tackle, you're in all sorts of, of trouble. So, um, yeah, look, we, we knew that the result would probably go this way, but the, the Bears um, will hope that, uh, you know, they can get fields in and go from there. And you watched the game last night, so you've obviously seen a good bit of it. First off, were you impressed with Stafford? And secondly, do you think Justin Fields will start week two? I don't think Fields will start week two. I think we'll see a similar pattern to what we saw last night, which is across the league, not just with the, with yeah, Chicago. We saw it with the, with the 49ers. It's kind of a mixture of uh, Jimmy Jimmy G and Lance and similar with Dalton and Fields coming into the game. And Fields ran for a touchdown. So I think he's a wild card in the sense that he, he's just the, the run pass option with him. But uh, yeah, look, I, I said on Saturday, I felt the Lions, would, or sorry, not the Lions, uh, the Rams would have been comfortably and Stafford had a, a relatively easy opening game but he looked very efficient and look you could see the upgrades right away compared to what they've been dealing with with Goff over the past couple of years but the Rams are a serious threat this year to go all the way and the defense what it was against the shall we say a kind of a limited Bears offense to a certain extent they still look very efficient and you just know even against better teams that Rams defense will step up and uh, sorry just one, one final point in the Bears we always continue and Mark touched on it on Saturday which this Bears defense is the, is I suppose is the stronger part of their of their team, but the secondary was badly exposed for those two touchdowns. And the fact that even when he caught the ball, that the, there was no realization that that he he hadn't been touched, and he gets up and runs in for a touchdown, was was pretty poor. And and the cup touchdown, they were non-existent. So the Bears have the Bengals next week, so it's not such an easy game anymore when you play against this Bengals team. So we'll see how they go next week. But comfortable night for the Rams, and they've got bigger and better things to come this season. Yeah, I don't even think we'll actually get time, Mark, to talk about the Bengals properly, but maybe on, on Sunday's show we will properly because I think they deserve that. And they played very, very well last night. Good to see Jamar Chase. And good to see, obviously, Burrow come back from his injury. And we will, Bengals fans, Ireland and UK, and forever I feel, we promise, please don't hate us. Mark, there's a comment from Cal saying, Alan Robinson posted just 35 yards and 11 targets. Any thoughts on that there? Yeah, I mean, like, um, free the Chicago one, the campaign continues. Uh, you know, they tried to get him the ball and feed him the ball, but that's a very good Rams defense up front uh, across the whole back of the secondary as well. So they really locked it down. Look, we're talking an awful lot about the Bears' problems. I want to mention the Rams' problem that people don't want to talk about. They can't run the ball. Like, we know they've mm. lost two running backs in in uh, for, on IR uh, during the previous season. But they could not run the ball. So we are going to see Matt Stafford in Detroit Lion kind of territory flinging the ball every which way. There was a bit of sidearm, a bit of this. Sean McVay is going to make most of him. But they're going to be very one-dimensional on offense if they can't remedy that. 
uh, longer term. So let's watch that during the season and see how that evolves. But yeah, the Bears. Um, Column alluded to the left tackle challenges. O-line problems abounded in the league uh, yesterday. The Vikings O-line against the Bengals was appalling. Uh, the Packers we've alluded to, but the Bears have serious problems. I mean, they've got 99 problems and they're all on the O-line and that's without their bad secondary and their ineffective offense and everything else. So, um, yeah, good luck, Bears fans. Sorry, guys. Ah, oh, no, come on, no. Curve, careful now. Careful, yeah. I'm only joking. I'm wishing them luck, Michael. I'm wishing them luck. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, look, lads, I think this is going to be a weekly thing now. AOB, any other business. This is this stinks of the fact that I had to go to work and I came home and done all these graphics and I forgot to mention the Cardinals, the Texans, and there's one more, and I've literally forgot about the Bills and the Steelers, so we're going to try and spend the next five, ten minutes on these games. But, gentlemen, I have got a lovely, lovely video to show you before we look at our final video on the Texans' performance yesterday against the Jaguars. I know Colin is going to be a big fan of this. Like, what are you talking about? So Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor will not turn the ball over. Tyrod Taylor was the starter for the Chargers last season. He won't move the ball either. That's true. I, 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 I only has to do his hand it off to Philip Lindsay. I think what they've done is they brought in experienced players who've had reasonably good careers to make sure that they don't end up with a 0-16 situation. They win to three, four games. 0 17. They're still high up. <laughs> yeah, it won't be 0 and 0 17. Look, right, look, 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 look. But you look. see me point, Cam. You see if the coming. Texans win a game this season, can someone just check on Colm? Please. Well, they're going to win tonight, according to Vikings. I think they're going to win that. I, 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 you know what? Why not? I'm picking the Texans. Why not? Tyrod Taylor, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Philip Lindsay, two, two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, three picks, two passing touchdowns. I'm picking it. Why not? Bit of crack, boys. There's always a shock in week one. And right. how funny would it be if it happened? Because everyone expects Jacksonville to win. The pressure's on we, Trevor. Good luck today, Trevor. That's, I'm the, jealous. that's Trevor the point Lawrence I made about hair. the Bengals game. The pressure's on the Vikings. I think the Bengals will win. Forgot about that Bengals point as well, Brian. Uh, good luck to Jacksonville next Sunday. You're gonna need it, boys. Uh, lads, Colm, starting off. Are you okay? Uh, Mark said the Jacksonville. <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I had, um, I let the fact that uh, Jack Easterby and Deshaun Watson weren't on the field uh, overrule the fact um, that they were playing, you know, such a bad. Uh, team, I did say I yeah, absolutely criticized the text. I did say Urban Meyer would be run out of town. Um, as we are live right now, trending on Twitter, Urban Meyer to USC. That is, he is pure poison, and uh, yeah, I uh, wouldn't be surprised. Um, and to be honest, that'd be the best thing the Jazz could do. Uh, Trevor Lawrence losing his first regular season game um, since, uh, I think, maybe ever, because I don't think he lost in high school. He certainly didn't lose in college. Um, look, the, the Texans, congrats. Great for, for David Culley. Um, awful that an organization as poorly uh, run uh, is able to, to get away with it. Um, but, you know, you that look, you have two, two bad... Uh, organizations uh the the jags schottenheimer goes from the seahawks russell you saw the response from russell wilson uh so very pleased um it will be interesting uh the texans with trips to cleveland and to buffalo within the next 14 days let's see if it's uh you know let's see how 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 real it is we're about to see maybe maybe i'll be shocked again because this is the the nfl but um, I I think uh, they well if Ur if Urban stays in Jacksonville, 
we they 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 may pick one, but you could. I think you're still talking one and two in from those two yesterday. Brian, can we just watch that first three seconds again, if you don't mind, just two seconds? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's unreal. That could be a meme it's... column. Seriously, uh, ten yeah. out of ten. Brian, that was the best part of the Aviva. That whole scene, I think. I just felt, I just thought you were leading the show on. It was, it was pretty enjoyable. I actually put that up on Twitter yesterday. Here's the moment of the show now. <laughs> but uh, just going back to the game. Um, so look, uh, just on, on uh, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, he lost to LSU two years ago in, in the championship game. I think in the, but own. in the play, he's never lost, never lost a no. regular season game. No. Mm. So this is the problem now. He's going to have growing pains. And Irvin Moyer is going to have growing pains because he's so used to winning from his college background. The two of them yesterday were getting a bit disgruntled with one another. They're talking about on, on a number of shows today the fact that they were very, I wouldn't say taken back by the fact that they lost and they're just not used to it even, but they certainly didn't seem to be in sync with one another. And um, look, for the Texans, look, you, you, you said it on Saturday, you know, two poor teams. And I suppose from their point of view, it was a good opportunity to get a win early to keep the Texans fans on side for what surely will still be a very difficult season to come. But uh, interestingly, how the Jags rebound this weekend against the Broncos because it's another week on and every game is different in the Oof. NFL. So let's see. Oh, yeah. Actually, Mark, one, one quick point on the Jags. I mean, they were poorly coached. I mean, just let's be really honest about this. That first quarter... They burned two timeouts in the first quarter of the first game of the NFL season. They were getting penalties on procedural issues. They just looked sloppy. And that is not on Trevor Lawrence or the play. That's on the coaches. If you can't even get them to snap the ball correctly and form up correctly in relation to it, guys, you're doing a crappy job coaching the team. So mm. Urban Meyer needs to pull his socks up. Trevor Lawrence, he's the first overall pick. Three TDs, three picks, as you quite rightly said, Michael, there in your little uh, interlude. Lindsay. Um, was bang on the money. But look, um, yeah, not a great game. There were better games in the NFL, in fairness, yesterday. There were a lot of better games. Come and on. we're going to talk about them right now as well. See, see if the best last, the two biggest games to last. And yeah, you're right. I should have put money on that yesterday, but I didn't. Uh, obviously, uh, a note to Matchbook, our sponsors. Irish NFL show code, uh, a special offer. Check out Matchbook betting exchange, both in the North and the South. The Bills against the Steelers. So we've got two more to talk about. The Bills, the Steelers. That was a game on Sky Sports at 6 o'clock yesterday. The Bills come up short. Colin, are the Bills the Mayo of the NFL? <laughs> um, well, they certain, certainly they, they came up against uh, a very good uh, Steelers um, defense. But the in fairness, the, the, the Bills, their run defense was phenomenal. Um, Najee Harris was on the field for 100% of the Steelers' offensive snaps, which is quite something. Um, but he never uh, really, really got, uh, got going. Uh, but the, the Steelers found a way. Uh, special teams, defense, uh, TJ Watt. Um, and uh, look, when, when you have the, the organizational clout that they have and, and they talk about that every year the Super Bowl is their aim and, and they're serious. You go in to Buffalo with the Bills Mafia and I uh, McKenzie goes off for what? Was it a nearly a 70, 75 yard return mm. um, on the opening play? And it was uh, just the place was absolutely going bananas and then you shut it down. 
Um, it was a brilliant performance from the, the Steelers' defense, I thought. The, the Bills have work to do on offense. Um, Brian Dable, the, the Steelers from the Commons afterwards, they knew what was coming. They were able to identify the, the plays, and that's a serious issue for the Bills. Look, the Bills are still a very good team. They'll, they'll, they won't meet as many um, defenses as good as the, the Steelers, but they have work to do. Um, and I'm sure that they'll get around to it. But the other issue, it's a bit like the Rams. You got to be able to run the ball; otherwise, it's e- much easier for teams to to scheme against you, and that's an issue for the Bills as well. Brian has the head of a man that looks as if he picked the Steelers. I didn't pick the Steelers. No, I, I went with a, a close Bills win. You know, every every team and every every fan group has this period during the summer where they listen to their own internal beat writers, and we all get our teams hyped up, and we think we're going to do really well this year. And when we interviewed Tom Rooney. And when we interviewed Coach Coward, they both said, write this Steelers team off at your peril. Mark couldn't touch on the Saturday. They still won 12 games last year, but we've been dismissing them. I know, Michael, you were very confident on, on the Bills winning that game. We all felt they would, but it would be tight. But the Steelers, yes, they look like a team that were playing for their head coach. He's not under pressure, but certainly feel like they've got a point to prove after last year's difficult defeat to the Browns in the playoffs. And what a hell of a win for them. And then for the Bills... I'm not high on the Bills. I know that I, I believe they'll win the division, but I'm not convinced they're going to be in that championship game again. And to be honest, I'll give, I'll give you my pick now. The Dolphins are going to beat the Bills on Sunday. <laughs> he says. Well, I was, Mark, I was just going to very quickly say, you know, it's week one. How many, I mean, did the Bucks win in week one last year, Mark? I have no idea, Michael. They played the scenes at 9.25 in the Dome and they got absolutely... Oh, that's right. They got demolished. And Tom Brady was done. We were going to get him a Zimmer frame and it was over. Mayo yeah. part two. Mayo. As, a, as I'm a Patriots fan, not a Bucks fan, Michael, I'm sorry I don't remember their results as easily. But anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for the video, Michael. Where's, where's the video of Michael's prediction about the Bills are the lock of the week? They're going to win this game by 20 points. The only video I have, well, I have got a video, and it's it's my reaction to Brian saying that he thinks the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills this Sunday. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> brilliant timing, brilliant timing. Look, I, you know, on the, the Steelers-Bills game, um, Collins alluded to it. That that Bills defense first half, Najee Harris ran for an average of one point one yards per carry. He was locked down. The second half, Steelers found a little bit of a way. They got three drives over nine plus yard, uh, plays together, uh, and they connected. But it was all about the steel curtain. It was locking things down. It was the turnovers on downs and T.J. Watt coming out with two sacks. I mean, look look what happened yesterday, Michael. T.J. Watt had two sacks. Chris Jones, we alluded to, had two sacks. Von Miller in the Broncos had two sacks. Someone had five sacks, actually, and that's a game worth talking about. The Arizona Cardinals and Chandler Jones beating a very good left tackle in table of the one with his five sacks. I mean, that really fueled their game. And Mr. O'Leary, I think, was the only one of us who went with the cards in that particular game. Well, he did. Can I just very quickly say before Brian jumps in here, hello to the Irish Titans. They, boys, they're, I think they're convinced the season's over. Like, that was... Stunning last night from the from the Cardinals, but Brian, like I'll I'll jump over you here. The Titans, man, were I mean I I couldn't believe they, like yeah they were they were very poor. It's funny yesterday afternoon, and we've had this last year, and it's all it's all you know a bit of back and back and forth banter. And there's a couple of Titans fans on social yesterday that were kind of questioning my pick of the Cardinals before the games even got played. Well, there's the reason people were saying 
nine players that weren't COVID and once they weren't COVID sick, they still missed a lot of preparation for the game. They missed weeks of uh, practice. All of those things have to be factored into reasons why a team is going to go out and play and win or, win or, win or lose. The Cardinals, you know, in a division that we, we discussed is probably one of the most competitive in the league. They have to win these games early in the season to be win with a chance. And Kyler Murray, 289 yards, four touchdowns, and the customary touchdown that he seems to just score. He seems to score in every game himself, running the touchdown in. They were on fire yesterday. And in fairness to them, their defense is something that we questioned you know, whether they're going to be good enough on the, on the defensive side of the ball. They were really good yesterday. And was Derrick Henry even even there? Derrick Henry's... Mark talks about these riddles and, and, you know, all these things, all these great terms he comes out with. Derrick Henry is like, it's a bit of a boom or bust situation. He never seems to have an average game. He's either unbelievable, 200 yards, two or three touchdowns, or he goes missing and he's gone AWOL for, AWOL for the day. I mean, it's, it's if he's not there and he's not doing it, they just don't seem to have... A second, you know, a second backup plan. I know they've got really good wide receivers, but if he doesn't play well, the team doesn't play well, and they don't tend to win games. JJ Watt was more explosive in the Titans' backfield than than Derrick Henry yesterday. (laughs) I'd love to find out. Like, I'd love to be chatting to JJ Watt and hear hear his thoughts on when he moved to Arizona and he's seen all this coming. You know, Uh, Seattle, 49ers, Cardinals, Rams, sweet. Mother of Jesus. Uh, let, you know what? Let, let's just leave it at that. I mean, Colin, have you anything to add on that? Uh, just in, in fairness, um, like Chandra Jones pulled his pants down, um, but he came, he came out and uh, he admitted it on, on Twitter. Uh, he said he got his ass kicked. No way around it. Uh, so fair play on, on the mea culpa. Uh, the, there, there was no excuses. Like, we'll, we'll talk on Sunday, but Mike Zimmer was full of excuses uh yesterday um the the cards were were serious business um but the the titans definitely have have work to do because um yeah both both offensively and and defensively um they they just couldn't couldn't get couldn't get it going but yeah that the we talked about the nfc west and uh, it it is absolutely going to be a, a bloodbath in that uh, division they that is going to be fascinating those divisional uh, matchups nfc west all teams have won nfc well afc west all teams could win depending on tonight we'll, we'll, we'll look at that game in one second mark i believe you have one more point to make yeah i mean we're, we're about to look at the monday night football game obviously for some teams some games we can't cover them all and can't get back to them all so just a couple of quick shout outs Sam Donald, congratulations on getting your revenge for the Panthers against the Jets. Um, Dolphins, congratulations on a great win. I mean, two is maybe still not the answer. We'll see. But um, Jay, uh, Chris Waddle has, I mean, Jaden Waddle has had a great comeback since that penalty <laughs> miss from Italia 90. And him, uh, uh, Parker, and uh, look like a dynamic duo for the Dolphins there. So um, plenty of things that we'll probably touch on in Sunday Night Football. Uh, so, oh, sorry, um, Thursday Night Football and for our Sunday show next week as well. Just as a call out for those teams we haven't had a chance to touch on. Yeah, and we're going to try and get Dermot Kennedy on to sing to Brian on Thursday. Uh, we, we used to be Giants. When do we stop? Anyway, Monday Night Football. Sorry, I was going to do it all season. I couldn't do it last year. Monday Night Football, the Raiders versus... The Ravens, uh, football on tonight can be very hard to watch, but we'll give it a go. I'm going to start with Colin Cronin. Colin Cronin, here we go. Talk about the game. Make your pick, my man. Look, the picks are ready. They're here. Here we go. 
Well, look, the obviously the, the main talking point around this is the injuries that the Ravens have suffered. Uh, 13 players on IR and obviously uh, their main three running backs and to lose Marcus Peters. Uh, to, to see players go down last Thursday back to back, the Ravens have talked about the impact that they had. They tried having a, a meeting on um, Friday to kind of discuss it, talk through it. Uh, but I, I do think it will play a, a factor. For the Raiders, it's how can they they're another team who rebuilt that uh, O-line, but um, they just really kind of blew it up. And, and it's going to be interesting to, to see um, how that uh, performs. Uh, I mean, Mark uh, talks about the... Uh, you know enigmas within the the league and i really think the the raiders are are one of those this is the team that um you know beat the the chiefs uh last year um and yet at other times just be, you know beat beat themselves i think the uh, prior to the injuries i i would have gone with the ravens and and uh they have an unbelievable uh, they've uh, five uh five and oh in uh season openers since 2016 um but i think the injuries could play a, a factor i think the raiders being in their new stadium with fans um i can i can see the 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 raiders potentially winning it uh but um look if if you're putting a gun to my my head i can see away the raiders but the hope i suppose for the ravens is that they this brings them together and that they can overcome adversity. And, and that's what ultimately, I suppose, you, you want to see uh, is that the, the team that suffered so much can go on, on the road. And as a Broncos fan, I'm hoping that they reign on the Raiders parade and that it will be the Ravens uh, getting a, a victory. Um, but I, I do think those injuries will, will play a, a crucial role as we go through the season. So uh, let's see. Let's see, indeed. A Broncos fan picking the Ravens. Surprise, surprise, Colin. Uh, Brian, you're next, my friend. Uh, who have you got tonight? Well, as matchbook.com advised us this morning, eight, eight upsets this weekend and 10 of the 14 games, the underdogs managed to keep the spread alive and won on that side of it. Um, for me, the Raiders are going to win. I've been very confident in them in the offseason. I know a lot of people don't see them as a dark horse for the playoffs. I picked them to go to the playoffs opening game in the new stadium i do think these injuries are going to you know in particular starting the season because they've happened so soon that the season's starting that it's going to be difficult for the ravens and as i touched on last week derek carr three seasons in a row over four thousand yards he's for me he's a quality quarterback he doesn't get the, the credit he deserves and he's got players there at his disposal for them to put up points on this ravens defense so high scoring game and i'm going with the underdog i'm picking the raiders Okay, two down, two to go. Marcus, Kajay, Kajay, Kajay. Yeah, Michael, I, I've tried to have some um, philosophies in gambling uh, from time to time, one of which is never put a bet on a game involving the Cowboys because they will upset you one way or the other. Um, I applied that last season to the Vikings and promptly forgot about it in week one and got let down by them again. I'm going to have a new philosophy, which is just don't trust John Gruden and the Raiders anymore. Last season, I had them as my wild card team. I was convinced they were doing it. They fell apart at the end. He's had enough rope, him and Mike Mayock. They had another draft where it was 
bizarre to say the least in some of their selections. He hasn't um, done anything on defense. I mean, we had the rumors that they actually approached the Bears to asking them would they trade back Khalil Mack um, during the offseason. I mean, this is how ridiculous the the man and the franchise not the franchise that's unfair but the man has become he's unmovable with his 10-year contract um but the project isn't working i don't trust him anymore i don't trust what he's doing with the raiders and yes everything about the ravens injuries and what's happened to them suggests they should be um there for the taking today but the best and i'm a Derek Carr fan he's very consistent i don't want to criticize Derek Carr. but the most dynamic quarterback on the field tomorrow is going to be uh, tonight, sorry, is going to be Lamar Jackson. Uh, there is no question uh, about it. Um, they say he's worked on his passing game sufficiently. Um, he is a dynamic runner, as we all know. And in the face of adversity, I'm banking on him and John Horbaugh, who is a whiny but very, very talented coach, uh, to put it out of the back tonight on Monday night. Absolutely. And before I give my pick, folks, you can check off with our Sponsors are partners, matchbook.com. If you fancy a friendly flutter, please make sure you check out matchbook.com. Uh, going ahead tonight, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, it's obviously always difficult as a fan to watch Monday Night Football when you got work the next morning, but I'll give it a go. First game in uh, Vegas for the Raiders with fans, obviously a huge one for them, huge one for the franchise that have moved. And it's it's obviously it obviously means a lot to them as well in, in a new city. And it's good to see Vegas with a team. As somebody that's been to Vegas a few times, a few comments here. Carl Meters has said a few things now, uh, saying, Michael, don't pull a column. Um, but Carl, let, let's be clear here, Carl. <laughs> the Raiders are absolutely no, no chance that the Raiders are going to win tonight. Like, I actually don't agree with the concept that Derek Carr is a top class quarterback. I don't think he is. I think eventually he will get found out. But I actually think the difference in this game isn't going to be Lamar Jackson, who's playing for a new deal, plus Edwards. Uh, in the rush tonight i think it's going to be the difference i think the raiders will not win but i think the ravens will win by a touchdown so we've got michael saying the ravens column saying the ravens bry bry saying the oakland or las vegas raiders and mark andrews is saying the ravens uh yeah gentlemen that is us we've done that there have we any final uh, any any final points to make ahead of tonight uh, not not ahead of tonight, but uh, if you have if you haven't seen uh, it, um, t- Tom Brady. Uh, it it really is a Tom Brady world. He is um, enjoying his time. Um, I suppose his his freedom. So he made a video doing this weekly video series where. Uh, uh, for the the Bucks, and in the background of his latest video, uh, the time on the screen uh, is three twenty eight. And the Bucks play the Falcons this uh, coming weekend. Yeah, and there we go. And look, lads, I just wanted to end tonight because we recorded the show the other night uh, on Saturday and we didn't get a chance. I just wanted to annoy everybody by obviously congratulating the best team in Ireland, winning the All-Ireland on Saturday night. Tyrone, four-time champions of Ireland. And I know that Colin, Brian and Mark couldn't care less. But we all care up here. And now Morgan, to be fair, is a Patriots fan, Mark. So we're going to try and get him on next week. Michael, I, I, I don't really know or care who now Morgan is, but that's that's nice. Is he the cricketer? He's a cricketer. Uh, it's old Morgan. We could get him on. That'd be good. <laughs> okay. 
Congratulations to, to Tyrone. Great to see uh, somebody new win uh, the, the Sam Maguire, <laughs> and it should be great to see it spread around uh, a bit like uh, the... Um, like well, it didn't let it go up north, but that's a whole different conversation for a different show. But sure, it's grand. Well, COVID with it. it's fine. Um, and okay, boys, I just want to ask you, I mean, may have now six final All-Ireland final losses in the last 10 years. Who is the NFL equivalent team wise to Mayo? Buffalo Bills. It's hard, it's hard to argue with that. Four Super Bowls in a row. <laughs> Difficult yeah. one. Um, well, then, then again, Mayo won it in the 50s. The Browns have never won it. So, I mean, oh no, the Browns, oh no, the Bills. Uh... The Detroit Lions. Oh, we could be here all night. We could, we could, could be still, here all night. We could talk about it on Thursday if you wish. Let's leave it at that. We're back live on Thursday. I don't have the graphic for Thursday night, so that'll have to for now. I'm sorry, boys. We'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, happy days. Eh? We're still partying up here, boys. Back 10 o'clock Thursday night for the Giants against what? I can't wait to hear Brian's analysis. The Giants against Washington, Thursday night, 10 p.m. Check out the Facebook page. Go to the events. Go to the Woolshed this Sunday. Just RSVP. We will see you there. Uh, and that's thanks a million for joining us. And uh, yeah, everyone good? See you there? Yep. All the best. Have a good night, boys. See you later.